It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome in to the Sunday, October 15th edition of the PFF Forecast. We will try to do a better job uh, deciding what to talk about than Brian Dable did, deciding which plays to call this night. That's the promise that I can make to you. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Brock coming back down to earth. The Browns defense, we're going to rank the best defenses in the NFL. We also have a pumpkin quarterback ranking. I promise you will enjoy this. And then, of course, we're on to week seven. We're going to guess the lines, look at what they are, and talk about our favorite early bets. We're going to spend at least 30 minutes, Brad, breaking down the new Bears quarterback. Are you ready? Nice and Bajant. I'm an expert on, on the subject. So, yeah, we can dive right into it. I can do a full scouting report if you'd yeah, like. Tell me, tell me at least three things about, about him. Plucky underdog, undrafted, mm. should not mm. should have been a you know Mr. Irrelevant conversation type guy. Oh, look, I mean, he gets the ball out on schedule. Uh, he's a decent athlete. Uh, yeah, I mean, tatted up white guy. Like, you can't go wrong with that. that that's the guy you take. That's the guy you signed to be your third arm in camp, and then you just hope for the best, and here we are. Is he an upgrade over Zach Wilson? Well, here's the thing. He actually was the upgrade over P.J. Walker, but P.J. Walker yeah. beat our Niners today. So, I mean, all the Bears backups today are thriving across the nation. Nah, I refuse. I refuse to talk about it. Um, all right, let's let's get into it uh, off the bat. I think the a lot of really, really weird games today, um, Argent's Jets, uh, Argent's Chargers will certainly play in a weird game tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the Jets somehow winning today. Uh, the Eagles looking super weird. Um, that was a strange game. But, of course, the, the Niners managing to lose a game uh, against P.J. Walker and, you know, a Browns team that obviously hasn't looked good offensively, even with Deshaun Watson in there. Super interesting. That, that offense really came back down to earth. I think it was the least – uh, efficient offensive performance for them in, in like five years or something based on, on success rate, um, which uh, is really pathetic considering how good they've looked. So let's start with this. Was this more about the Niners offense or the Browns defense? Brad, we'll go to you first. So it was a win game. We knew that. And I think we talked about going into the game. Uh, Cleveland has a weird, they're right on the water. It creates weird crosswind stuff like that. There obviously was going to be an impact, but 
I want to give credit still to this Browns defense. I mean, they're allowing 32% success rate, best in the NFL by five percentage points. They have played some offenses. And also, you're probably going to be put in some disadvantageous positions with P.J. Walker as your quarterback, and they were able to overcome that. So, you know, yeah, there were obviously adverse situations. You lose Debo Samuel for pretty much the whole game, three quarters. Trent Williams missed a little bit of time. Trent Williams did return, which is obviously good news long-term. Um, but, yeah, I mean, George Kettle, I think, had one target. Maybe didn't have a catch. Um, they, it was The Browns' defense is, is nasty. I mean, they really are. Yeah, uh, to add on to that, I mean, I, I thought, like, there were points in the game where the Niners were just shooting themselves in the foot. You'd see, like, I, you know, I had the multi-box on, and you just look at the game, and it's like second and 25 or first and 15. And it's just like they, you know, the penalties kept backing up. Obviously, losing Debo took a chunk out of their offense. And I think, like, you know, I think right now, Ayuk is honestly a better player than Debo. But I think Debo was more valuable in this game just because of the win factor. He's the guy you want, you know, on those jet sweeps. He's the guy you want taking those uh, shorter passes because of his yak ability. So it was just the, the perfect thunderstorm for the Browns defense to take advantage. I didn't even necessarily think, like, the the – Niners run game was that bad like they had a 40% success rate and actually had a positive EPA per rush so like they weren't doing too bad running the ball it's just Purdy was terrible today um and this was kind of the thing I you know despite the conditions this was the thing that everyone was worried about that when he faced a good defense and a defense that could take away the things that you know that made the Niners offense so lethal um you know he would turn back into kind of like a pumpkin quarterback and I think that's kind of what we saw I don't want to take anything away from the Browns defense. And uh, by the way, I thought this was one of our better calls uh, in the off season was the, the Browns, the Browns defense overall um, and being a value in the, in the NFC North, which I think they have proven to be. But to me, this was a lot about the, the Niners in a situation where everything didn't go right and not necessarily having a second, um, second punch to go to basically like Debo goes out. And I mean, that first drive, they marched right down the field and scored. <laughs> okay. It could not have looked easier. It was like smooth knife, a warm knife through butter. And you expect that from Shanahan and a full complement of weapons. And what I noticed was Debo goes out, you know, Trent got hurt, was able to come back in. I don't know that he was certainly not hundred percent, but what I thought was really interesting was they, they have no like second option to what Debo does for that offense. And I think you're right, Brad, right? The, the wind was something that didn't allow them to throw the ball downfield. There were a couple where they just barely couldn't connect with Ayuk, even though it looked like Ayuk was getting separation most of that game. So to me, this is really the first time that Brock hasn't had an ideal situation, hasn't been playing from ahead with a full complement of weapons. And you saw what happened there. I didn't notice any situation in which Brock in that game played above what the offensive play call was going to get him. And I think that's what he is, right? We talked about this before, right? If, if Kyle Shanahan is able to tell him before the play, hey, this is what you got to do and, the, and this is going to be open, like he'll hit it. But in this situation where the pass rush was getting a lot closer to him than they have in the past and there weren't as many options uh, close to, to the line of scrimmage, he just wasn't able to make it happen. I think this is the exact reason why he's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. So – I'm not trying to split the baby here. I don't think it was like, you know, half and half. I think it was a little bit more the fact that the Niners and Brock Purdy, just when the situation isn't great, they aren't a great team. Um, and, uh, and, and Brock isn't a great quarterback. 
um, and, and injuries are going to be a huge, huge issue for them. Um, so, so I, you know, I, look, I think the, the Browns will be a good defense, but I don't think they're, um, you know, a, a defense that, um, that all of a sudden is going to outperform or, or make you want to bet on the Browns uh, over the fact that their, their offense still stinks. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, I guess the one like takeaway maybe because we're thinking about the Eagles game as well is that we look we expected a Brock Purdy regression game and yes the Browns do have a good defense but we didn't think it would come in this matchup just because they're facing a banged up Browns offense and then we also have kind of been talking about how the Eagles really have looked clunky all season long but then the Jets rule out their four top corners and we again think it's not going to come this week but it's going to come at some point but like if you're seeing those troubling signs and you, you still are facing good defensive opponents, even with injuries here or there, like it, it still could come when, when you don't expect it. Um, I mean, we, we knew that Jets matchup was not good. We almost took them in Circa. We talked ourselves out of it. We're happy we talked ourselves out of it. And, and they probably covered seven. I want to say, well, it was 14-3 early, I think. But yeah, like it was, we knew those games were coming. We just, we just were off by, you know, the week. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's rank defenses. Um, so uh, the Browns right now, in terms of uh, EPA per play allowed, are pretty firmly uh, number one overall. I don't think it's particularly close. But um, let's go ahead and rank them. Um, and Brad, this was your idea, so I'll let you go first. All right, I'll go first. Yeah, and I know we saw the comment about uh, Lamar carved them up. He did. I mean, you also had you know perfect situation playing as Dorian Thompson Robinson. They had great great field position. Lamar had 185 passing yards, uh, but I mean he was very efficient. He was very good. But anyway, I have the Niners first. Still, I have the Browns second. I have the Jets third. And if you look at EPA per play and success rate stuff like that, you probably won't see the Jets top five. They're top ten and uh, they're sixth in success rate. But I mean, they've played Josh Allen, Zach Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts already, and they're still top 10 in pretty much everything you look at. So I think they're very, very good. Still have Dallas in, uh, top five at four. And then here's kind of why I wanted to do this. I have the Kansas City Chiefs in fifth, and they also get their second-best defensive lineman in Charles Amenehu off suspension this week. I think their defense is that good. I think it's a top-five unit in the NFL. Yeah, um, I – also have the Chiefs in my top five. So I went uh, Cleveland at one. I went San Francisco at two. I mainly made that switch because I believe in uh, the Browns secondary a little bit more, having Ward and Newsom versus just Charvarius Ward in San Francisco. Um, I went Ravens at three because I love Mike McDonald. I went Chiefs at four, and then I went Jets at five. I like those, and I like the Jets um, making it up there, even though they have not been – particularly great against the pass this year um, in terms of EPA per play uh, allowed, but they looked great today. Um, so uh, I, I too put the, the Browns first overall, and, and it's actually, I think your point is very good, Arjun. The reason I have them at first is I, I like Jim Schwartz a lot more than I like Steve Wilkes. And I think when you have to overcome certain um, you know, deficiencies and you will on defense because there'll be players that are injured and whatnot and coming up with a scheme that is going to potentially beat, you know, the, the other team, even if your players don't play up to it. I have a lot more faith in, in shorts than I do Steve Wilkes. So I go Cleveland number one I go San Francisco number two. Um, I think, you know, this is tough because Dallas got, got run on pretty good. Um, I still think that, that they belong in the top five. So I'm going to go with them at number three. I'm going to go to the Jets, number four. Um, and I'll put Kansas City at number five. I think they um, they have been really, really solid. Baltimore, just out of there for me. 
they just feel like they're always a mash unit. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh can't cover anybody. Um, and, and I think Buffalo probably a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit soft on the back end, especially without uh, Travis White. So, so those are, um, those are mine. It doesn't seem like we have any major discrepancies. I guess I was expecting more. I just was going to say, I'll touch on it when we get to Baltimore's game. Uh, I, I tweeted myself uh, a note, and then I added a reminder of this thing. The Ravens, and look, they have a good defense. Mike McDonald's awesome. They're talented. They're getting healthier. They should be even better going forward. However, they have played C.J. Stroud in his first NFL game, Joe Burrow in week two when he was he was actually healthier then than week three and week four, but still. Then Gardner Minshew, Dorian Thompson-Robinson in his debut, Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill. So I'm not saying they're not a good defense, but they have not played a quarterback yet. So let's when that happens, I think we'll we'll see what we think about the Ravens defense. Yeah, I was going. I didn't want to anger the the defensive crowd tonight, um, choosing uh, peace over violence. But I was I was going to say that the best defense in the league is whichever one gets to face a banged up team in the weather, <laughs> right? Like you know. Right. It, in in some way, you know, Cleveland obviously has a wonderful kind of situation there with with inclement weather. Um, and obviously, if you play a bunch of of teams that either have bad quarterbacks or are injured, you know, you're going to look good, and you're kind of a function of the offenses you play. Um, but like, I also think about these teams in terms of the types of of players that they have that can make a legit game changing play if you need them to. I think that's really important. I think all of the teams that we mentioned have that. Um, and then I think you've got to look at the defensive play caller as well, right? How well are they going to be able to adjust? Because if you have a guy that's just not willing to adjust and you go and you try and beat a Patrick Mahomes, for example, and you blitz the whole game, you're just going to get, you're going to get carved up. You know, it's just, you have no shot. Um, Very good point. No, I mean, look, people talk about Todd Bowles, the game manager and the head coach and all that. Sure. But like his week to week defensive game plan varies pretty drastically. Like those, those coaches, I think do have a leg up. Uh, when they're willing to, you know, adapt and bend what they do, they don't just stick to the same principle every single week and just kind of spam it. Um, it certainly it ups what you're asked to do. And Jim Schwartz in Cleveland, I think, is is a perfect example. But they do they have had some some good weather and stuff like that as well. Your Jets, by the way, uh, Arjun, today. So I assume you watch that game fairly closely. I'm curious your take in terms of we just asked that same question about. Um, uh, Brock and, and the Brown defense. Was that more the Jets defense or Jalen Hurts, in your opinion? Um, I, I would say it was the Jets defense. Um, you know, AJ Brown got his like they like Jalen Hurts did what he needed to do with AJ Brown. Um, but I do think the turnovers, for the most part, were the Jets forcing those turnovers. The the last pick was, I think, definitely on Jalen. But I think towards the end, you did see like Bryce Huff getting around. Jermaine Johnson forced a huge interception towards the middle of that game, which really swung, I think, the perception of how that game was going to end. It, it seemed like the Eagles were driving and then, you know, Jermaine hits, hurts his arm as he's throwing and it, it turns into a pick that gets the, the Jets and the ball in Philadelphia, Philadelphia territory. So I do think it was it was more the Jets defense. And I mean, like I think Brad's talked about it. Like we've seen this Jets defense now put together three great performances against some top tier offenses like the chiefs, the bills, um, and now the Eagles. And I guess the only offense they really struggled against was the Cowboys, but also like they didn't get any help from their offense and the Jets defense was out there for like a majority of the game, just because it was three and out, three and out, three and out. So I do think it was the Jets defense today. Um, and Jalen hurts, you know, some of the faults is on him as well. I mean, when you're down two, was it two or three, were they down three corners? 
Four, four right, Arjun? Four. Yeah. If you're down four corners, you, you got to dice that team up a little bit better than that, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. Now, I thought I thought Hurts maybe played a little bit better than you'd expect for th- a three-interception game. Um, did have a couple of nice throws down the football field, but something just does not look right with with the Eagles. I think it's interesting to think about the Eagles and and um, the the Niners. Like, which team would you be more concerned about coming out of this week? Both obviously were were undefeated. Both lost. Um, both lost to very good defenses. Um, and, and I'll go first. I'm worried about the Niners because of injuries, but I don't think any of those injuries are going to be particularly, you know, de- uh, debilitating for them. That CMC, I think, will be back. Um, you know, Trent was able to come back into the game. I, I don't know, Brad, if there's any word on Debo, but my guess is that he'll be back. It didn't seem like it's a particularly terrible, uh, terrible injury. I'm a little worried about the Eagles. Worried about the Eagles for this reason. Lane Johnson got hurt, huge part of that team. He's been hurt. You know, he's, he's getting up there in age. He is the best right tackle in the NFL. Um, and if you can't beat a team uh, with that many injuries at, at corner, and you look at their upcoming schedule, their upcoming schedule is an absolute gauntlet. It is like a really, 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 really It's got to be the toughest in the NFL for the next 10 weeks. Yeah. It's so, so, so bad. So yeah. I, I don't want to like sound the alarm, but their offense has not looked right all year. They're going to have like th- this insane schedule. I'm a little nervous about the Eagles. I think everyone's kind of down on, on the Cowboys, but I, you could see the Cowboys, I think, being first in, in the NFC East, um, you know, in five weeks' time, um, you know, and maybe even by a couple of games. Um, Brad, who are you more worried about? Yeah, 100%. It's the Eagles for me. I've talked about their fragility probably too much, and we're seeing it. We're just seeing it pop up here and there. And, yeah, they were missing, you know, Darius Slay and Jalen Carter today, so probably get those guys back in the near future. But when those things pop up, I mean, I just don't think they have the depth that, you know, Brandon Ayuk missed games for the Niners. They scored 40 points, I think, in the game he missed. Like, if they do don't, if they do play without Debo for a game, I think they can find a way to work around it. Philly has a lot of awesome players, but I mean, Devontae Smith had, I think, two or three drops today, just did not look good today at all. He's a good player, but again, like, I think they have two receivers. I think they have two corners, and I don't like their linebackers. I don't like their safeties. Like, it's just there's there's a lot more. It's a lot easier to poke holes in that roster. They are very good. There's no question about it, but we're talking, like, you know, February football, not, not week five. Uh, I have concern about Philadelphia for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Obviously, this past offseason for the Eagles was about losing a lot of depth at, you know, position at certain positions. Linebacker is one of them. Corner, um, you know, lost Avante Maddox earlier in the season to the, you know, for for the season. Darius Slay is out. I mean, you have guys, Mackay Gardner. Like, I I'm, I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable about football. I've never heard who that is. Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks were also playing snaps in this game. Um, like, again, these are just backups, like objectively that these are backups and they're playing meaningful snaps in the end of these games. And I'm, we're going to talk about it, but they face the fucking Miami dolphins this week, which has the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Like I, there's, there's a lot of good offenses on their, on their plate coming up. And if they are banged up, if they're, if you have a injured 30 plus year old Darius Slay, like that, it's just not going to work out. Even if an injured Darius Slay is still better than Mario Goodrich, like that's still a concern for me. So I'm definitely very concerned with the Eagles and you could kind of see how top heavy they are. Now the kind of like cascading effects of, of the roster they've built. Eagles upcoming schedule at home against the dolphins on the road against the commanders at home against the Cowboys in Kansas city 
at home against the Bills, at home against the Eagles, in Dallas, in Seattle, at home against the Giants, home against Cardinals, and then uh, closing out um, in, in New York. So their last three games pretty easy, <laughs> but they got to get to those last three games. And I mean, my God, those are, you know, I think they'll be obviously favored um, against the commanders. They'll probably be favored home against the Cowboys. Um, you know, probably maybe a slight favorite at home against the bills. Um, but I don't know any of those games besides the commanders are outside at three points. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Also, I saw we snubbed the Saints. Saints were my first team out. They also haven't played a ton of good teams yet, but they do. I mean, credit to Dennis Allen. That defense, I was concerned about them, like, talent-wise, coming into the year. The defensive line is, like, either 35 or 22. Uh, they've been they've been darn good, though. All right. Uh, we're going to – we're trying to be, be quicker here, but we have to do our pumpkin quarterback rankings. Yes. Uh, it is it – is, uh, it is uh, – October, so it's Halloween season. Okay, uh, Arjun, we'll go to you. Explain the quarterbacks that we are, are ranking that are in the the pumpkin tier. Yes. So really, I mean, we're looking at this just this today, who performed today, and who had a really bad performance, and they turned into a pumpkin on the field. So the six candidates are Gardner Minshew, Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, and Derek Carr. Um, as, as AJ says, yes, start your car to prison. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but so I'll go first. I think the, the biggest pumpkin of the day, Brock Purdy, just an abomination of a performance that last drive. People want to give him credit for that. I don't think he should get much credit for that. He almost threw a pick six. I took, you know, a short pass 20 yards. Yeah. You know, plus yak. So he's my number one, second pumpkin, Mac Jones. Third, Pumpkin, uh, Desmond Ritter. Fourth is Baker Mayfield. Fifth is Minshew. And then sixth is Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr actually moved the ball. He just, you know, threw four 50-50 balls on the last drive. So that's that's what I would uh, I would rank mine. Solid rankings. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mac Jones is like a gourd. I don't even think he's a full pumpkin. I think he's just <laughs> like, he's like a butternut squash, that guy. Uh, yes, yeah, so first comment response, yeah. The thing is, Desmond Ritter actually had one of the best games of his career. I mean, on the Desmond Ritter scale, uh, you know, six and a half yards per attempt. He had three picks. And Arthur Smith, he, he inspired our uh, intro image here. But, yeah, Mac Jones is pumpkin number one. It was tough, though. He, the ball to Devontae Parker was an absolutely perfect throw. And you extend that guy. Don't re-sign Jacoby Myers, who played well against you. Mm -hmm. It hits him square in the hands. And it was just, yeah. So, um, big-time pumpkin status from Mac Jones. He's number one. I don't even remember the. I don't even remember all the names. Gardner Minshew, he's bottom of the list. It's just it's the Minshew mania. The friend of the pod. That's also that's that's what you get. Uh, look, I'll go. Derek Carr, I agree, is bottom of the list as well. We're going off the rails here. Mac, here's my answer. Mac Jones, number one pumpkin of the year, and also today. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the ceremonial gourd. <laughs> that's the best one. Um, look. I, I'll agree with with you, Arjun, that Brock Purdy has a has a case to be the number one pumpkin. I thought it was an abomination of a performance. It was terrible considering how good of a team he had around him and the fact that they were a huge favorite in this game. So he is pumpkin number one because of expectation. But pumpkin pumpkin number one A is Gardner Minshew, who could have thrown I think seven interceptions today. <laughs> I, so pending review. Our guy Gardner Minshew has seven turnover-worthy plays. That's okay. Uh, if that isn't pumpkin-worthy, I don't know what is. Um, so an absolute pumpkin performance from Gardner Minshew. Uh, I'm going to go Mac Jones with you know a, a terrible safety. 
Uh, and one of the worst interceptions you'll see thrown all year at, at number two. Um, I'll go Desmond Ritter next, who was really, really, really terrible. Um, and then Derek Carr, uh, who's just – Derek Carr is like – he's just like the, the one pumpkin that you see that someone carved, but they didn't really take a lot of time on it. It's just over there on the side with a candle, and you're like, oh, cool, you carved a cat in the, in the pumpkin. Good job. Like, thanks for the creativity. does nothing for you. Um, that is, those are my official pumpkin rankings. It was a great segment. That was a great, yeah, he's, he's a, like a, you already had the, the stencil. He, Derek Carr is a stencil pumpkin. It looks good, yes. but there's not a lot of effort there. It's just, you just use the stencil. Yep. No, a hundred percent. And by the way, is any, the, the Saints have so much talent. We could talk about this in another segment, like most disappointing team. I think they're a sneaky one for most disappointing team so far this year. Okay. I mean, he's uh, at eight targets today. So that, that alone was disappointing just to the sensibilities of, of the common man, you know. Great. I'd agree. All right. We're going to get to week seven, guess the lines in just a second before we do. We're going to pay some bills. Um, if you uh, had a lot of cash on the San Francisco 49ers, like I did, you're probably thinking to yourself, man, I just need to make sure that I protect my family in case something bad really happens to me one of these Sundays. And if you need to do that, Fabric by Gerber Life has got your back. Uh, they can get you term life insurance at a great price in 10 minutes all online. That is correct. I did not stutter. Um, so you can do that before next week, which is another wonky-ass week, and uh, get yourself set up so that no matter what happens to you and your bets, your family is going to be in a good spot. Here's how you sign up. You go to M-E-E-T, Fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com, slash forecast. It's M-2-E's, a T, Fabric dot com slash forecast and in 10 minutes you can have a great affordable term life insurance policy that you will not regret um that is uh, a policy issued by western southern life insurance company not available in certain states price is subject to underwriting and health concerns also health concerns you shouldn't have them if you drink ag1 this is a flawless transition segment brad i want you to take notes AG1, also known as Athletic Greens, gets you the supplements you need without you having to worry about what you're eating on a day-to-day basis. It's very quick. You get a nice little box of AG1. You mix it in some water. You chug it down, and you're good to go. You've got all the supplements that you need for the day. Um, they also have awesome travel packs. I talk about these all the time. I take them wherever I go. Help you stay healthy on the road and stay regular, which is very important. Uh, and the last thing that I will say is many people will tell you it tastes great. It doesn't taste terrible. You can make it happen. Uh, it shows that you have grit if you can drink AG1. So go get yourself some AG1 at drinkag1.com slash PFF. Get a full year of vitamin A free with your purchase and get five free travel packs. If you go to drinkag1.com slash PFF. And last but not least, our friends at DraftKings, we're going to talk about some bets that we like. And if you go sign up at DraftKings, you can get $200 in Free bets or in bonus bets, I should say, instantly if you bet just $5 and use promo code PFF. It's such a good deal. You should make sure that you go make that happen at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener uh, every game in October. Um, all you have to do is go use promo code PFF and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. All right. If you have a gambling problem, call 100 Gambler. Visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. I've heard that is actually what Brian Dable uses to get his play calls in, and that explains why they are such a catastrophe. In Connecticut, help 
is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. I hear they're going to be calling the plays for the Giants next week. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 age. Varies by jurisdiction, Boyd and Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Great. Good note. See sportsbook.draftkings slash football terms and eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Brad, give me a grade on my uh, my read. It's good. It's good. Your disdain for the read, I think, is the best part. But, you know, seamless transition. You know, it's pumpkin season, athletic greens. There's kind of a, you know, a nutrient-adjacent thing going on there. I think it was all seamless. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Let's get to week seven. So in week six, uh, Brad, let me, I'll go ahead and, and share the screen here. So I got to give Brad some props. Brad has been tearing it up. Um, he, you are, I think he went five and one this week. Um, here, you can see this here. So uh, I went three and three, still have a game on Monday night. You went five and one. Let's take a look here. Arjun, you are, uh, is that four and one or four and two? I went five and two now. Yeah, I'm, I'm four and two. For the teaser, so yeah, four, four and two. two. Okay, and we've got um, uh, a little play on Monday Night Football. So I need to step my game up. I will in week seven. We are on to week seven. Jacksonville and New Orleans on Thursday night. Trevor Lawrence, a little banged up, but uh, I think he will play in this game, as will the pumpkin, Derek Carr. Brad, you are first. Yep, I got the Saints uh, plus two. Same. I have the Saints plus one. Uh, let's see here. It is. Uh, where are we? Here we are. Uh, it is plus one. Uh, Saints plus one. Circuit has them at a pick. Vandal one and a half. DraftKings one. Um, it's it's trending. All the plus ones are trending pick also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, we'll call it one, um, but it's all around there, anyways. And anyone here have a, a play on this game? I am, I, I have no idea what to do with this. Yeah, so Cameron Wolf of NFL Network said uh, Lawrence is supposed to be fine, but it's a knee and a short week, so I'm going to stay away for that reason. Like, I want to bet this so bad. Like, I've, I, I, betting, betting on Derek Carr just makes you want to bet against him every single time. And it's not even that, like Pete Carmichael, he just like blows my mind. There was, there's a stretch that uh, Rashid Shaheed mossed the absolute shit out of uh, one of the Texans corners. And then Pete Carmichael decided to run the ball on five straight plays. It was fir first down, seven yard run, second and three, zero yard run, third and three, Derek Carr checked into a run for a one yard loss. And then he threw, threw a pass uh, two yards behind the line of scrimmage uh, on fourth and four. It was, it was just, the it was, the crappiest play calling ever. Um, and yeah, I, I am really worried about the Jags because Lawrence got hurt. Tyson Campbell, who is their number one corner, and I would assume was shadow someone like Olave, he's hurt. And then Braden Sheriff, who's their top offensive lineman, is also hurt. But with all that being said, the Jaguars are the better team. And if Lawrence is playing, they still have a pretty healthy offense. So I will be betting the Jags here, even though I... I well I feel like I'm going to regret it. I, I want to take the better quarterback. I want to fade Derek Carr. I want to fade Pete Carmichael. I want to fade how much the, the Saints run the ball because they're going to run the ball, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have a top three run defense. So 
I think. That's what I was about to say. Yep, plays right into it. Their defense against the run has been phenomenal, and they've played many good running teams. And they allowed 44 yards on like 19 or 20 carries from Moss and uh, Taylor today. Yeah, they're they're second in rush EPA allowed and third in rushing success rate allowed. So I, I, it's going to be a lot of third and longs for Derek Carr. Good luck, Tom. Did not play well today. Um, I thought it was his worst game so far of the season. I think his PFF grade is trending in that direction. We'll see where that ends up after review. But um, I, I'm a little a little nervous about the the Jags, to be honest with you. Um, Vegas and Chicago. Raiders at Bears. This is shaping up to be Hoyer versus Bagent. Is that? It, yeah, that's correct. We're looking at a, a, a matchup of Brian Hoyer versus Tyson Bagent. Oh. Uh, you know, get to the tailgate early in Chicago, drink as many old styles as the government allows you to, and just, just bunker down. Uh, so for, with that said, I know, like, Brian Hoyer obviously is better than an undrafted free agent in his, second, in his first NFL start. So I went uh, Bears plus three and a half, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I went. I went uh, Bears plus three. I went Bears plus three as well, and I sure hope that's what it is because I do not want to talk about this game any longer than we already have. It's uh, I see threes at Fanduel and DraftKings. Circa has a three and a half. We will call it three, um, just so that I can ask Brad if he wants to bet on this game. Uh, I most certainly do not. I, and just real quick on Fields, it's like a dislocated thumb in his throwing hand. He couldn't grip a football today. I just don't see how that gets like significantly better by Sunday. So maybe, maybe he does play, but I think it'll be impacting him uh, you know, significantly. So anyway, no, I, I'm not betting this game at all. And there's no reason to, to rush him back whatsoever, right? I mean, they've there got no. the two top picks in the draft. Like, this is, um, you know, ridiculous. Uh, Brad, it, just on that note, is there any talk at all about whether or not Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick after? Have you heard anything from anybody? I think there are buildings that think it's a lot closer than the outside perception. I really do. I don't know if that applies to Chicago. Um, but look, I mean, Williams, there is becoming a concern of like, can he consistently produce inside of structure? And he, can he or can he only, not only do, of course, but uh, does he rely on the, the madness a little bit too much? And obviously, you know, he gets the Mahomes comps and stuff like that. And I do think you see a lot of smart nuance to his game, quick outs, knowing when he's hot, like uh, things that other young quarterbacks don't deal with. But Drake May is a very, very good football player. I think by draft time, there will be a conversation of like, is Caleb really the unanimous, like, you know, consensus 1.01? I think we'll get there. Hey, Arjun, since you're the youngster of the group, and that means you have more kind of technical savvy, maybe you and and one of your uh, your mates can put together a side by side of uh, the Caleb Williams highlights and Zach Wilson highlights from BYU, and just let's watch the world burn. Um, just just drop it on Twitter and and, and uh, then take the day off, drink some tequila. Um, <laughs> there's so many of those plays where it's like, oh my god, dude, Caleb Williams, I can't believe you made this play, and it's like. Caleb Williams running around, no defender near him for like 12 seconds, and then he rifles a throw to a wide-open USC receiver. Anyways, I'll stop. Um, Cleveland and the Colts. This is Browns at Colts. Uh, this, I guess, will be Deshaun Watson versus Gardner Minshew. Brad? I think so. I think it could be PJ again. Uh, I had Colts plus one and a half. I went Colts plus two and a half. 
guess I'm buying into the defense. I went Colts plus three. Um, I am assuming that Watson will be back. Um, okay, it's interesting. So I'm seeing two and a half, DraftKings at two, FanDuel at two and a half, but that's shaded towards two, Circa at one and a half. We will call it two. Um, I do want to bet. I, I do want to bet the Browns here. I'm not. I don't like the spot for them. Um, and uh, I just don't know what to make of, of Deshaun Watson. But I am very, very tempted uh, to bet the Browns here. I, I, Minshew, as I said today, was absolutely abysmal. Uh, and I don't, I don't really like uh, buying the Browns at the top of their market and, and selling the Colts at the bottom. So I'm going to pass. Yeah, I'm passing as well. It's in a dome. Otherwise, I probably would take the under here, which is 39 and a half. And that probably shouldn't swing me just that it's in good conditions. But yeah, Deshaun, the reporting is just it changes every 24 hours. Like there there was one report that maybe he could be good as early as next week. I would bet he is not uh, going to play next week, but maybe, maybe he does. Who knows? Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm staying away. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away as well. All right. The Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Brad, I had the Patriots plus seven and a half. Well, I went Bills minus nine. I have the Bills by eight and a half. Uh, Short. Let's see here. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I am seeing a nine at DraftKings. That's really all I'm seeing. Um, yeah, I mean, they probably don't have the. Yeah, we'll call it we'll call it nine. Um, no half points. <laughs> no half points. Um, I'm not betting the New England Patriots in this game. Um, as tempting as that may be, I will not be betting the New England Patriots in this game. I think there's a good chance we see Malik Cunningham finally make a make an appearance here. Brad, are you betting the Patriots? You're a point. Yeah, I'm, I'm way off. But no, I mean, look, Malik Cunningham came in for a couple of like, you know, snaps here and there. He had a, a package for him. He took a sack on one of them. He still should play. I mean, we, we, we know what Mac Jones is at this point. Anyway, no, I'm off in the, in the Patriots direction. But no, I'm, I'm not back in the Patriots. And right now, the Bills for me, I mean, obviously, we just watched that game, are, are not a team that I'm going to lay nine points on the road uh, with right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to bet the the patriots here one kind of like prop bet i've been thinking about that i actually put in the discord would be i guess stefan Diggs under receiving yards um i think historically it actually doesn't look too good versus the the patriots he like last three games he's had 104 yards 90 92 yards and then 85 yards but if you look at like how wide receiver ones have done versus the patriots this year it's been like really bad like Devonte only had 29 yards today um, you look at like some of the other Patriots games, like, you know, Chris Olave only had 12 yards on two catches. CD Lamb only had um, 36 yards. So I think Bill Belichick is really enforcing that like CB2 double with double wide receiver one. And then you put, you know, CB1 on uh, wide receiver two and try to lock him down. It's not, it's not really working given that the Patriots are one and five, but um, that's, a, that's a spot I think I might look at depending on what Diggs is receiving yards open up that. Keep an eye on Jonathan Jones's status throughout the week for that. He did get dinged up today, did not return. So I, I, I like the narrative. You talked about that before, but keep an eye on that injury because I think he is the guy who they use as kind of the number two to like take a guy and then they can bracket uh, other players. So, yeah, keep an eye on his status. The Washington Commanders are going to play the New York Giants. 
Uh, we think this will be Daniel Jones. He supposedly wants to try and play. I, based on what I saw tonight, I'm not sure if there's should be any adjustment for him or uh, versus Tyrod. In fact, I think you make a strong case that Tyrod is the better quarterback there, um, although it's all pretty terrible. Um, Brad, go ahead. Yeah, Tyrod and Dimes have the same amount of completions on 20-plus yard throws. They both have two. Uh, Tyrod did it in the first half of the game uh, against the Bills, and Daniel Jones did it in five games. Uh, I went Giants plus one and a half. There's a couple spreads I just did not know what to do, and this is the first of a couple. <laughs> yeah, I went uh, Commanders minus three. I was tempted to do that, and then I looked at how many sacks Sam Howell takes, and I made it two and a half. Um that's uh, what I did. Uh, it is, let's see, DraftKings at two and a half, FanDuel at one and a half. Um, let me see much else out there. I guess we can call it two. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get, just want to keep the lack of half points uh, going here, but you can get either one and a half or two and a half, it looks like. Um, you know, I, I, I would honestly, if I had any faith in Sam Howell not taking like nine sacks at any point in any time, I, I would take um, the the Washington Commanders. I'm honestly tempted to take um, the Giants here on a teaser, uh, tease them out to you know the, to, from the two and a half to the eight and a half. Um, you know they they played really kind of inspired football tonight, but that makes me kind of worried about you know what might might happen in the next game. Uh, but I'm honestly thinking about a teaser. If there's another teaser like out there, I might I might do that. I'm in the same boat as you, George. The defense is starting to play some good football. Like the last couple of weeks, the Seattle game, they were good as well. The score, I think, was 24-3. But you think about it, there was the pick six and then another situation where Daniel Jones fumbled like inside his own 10. So they allowed like two scores uh, to Seattle. And then obviously tonight, they're really good against uh, Josh Allen. So And then, yeah, probably get Daniel Jones. I think Andrew Thomas. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that is a potential teaser like for me if, if there's something else I like. Um, I'm, I'm honestly just going to stay away. Like, I don't even want the teaser, like, just because I think Washington's D line could be overwhelming for the New York's. So I'm just going to honestly stay away from this game. This is a hell of a slate. Yeah. We're through five games. No one has a bet on the board and I don't blame anyone for that. I did. <laughs> at all. I did. Yeah. Um, has- well, we all have road. They're all road favorites. Like this is just such like, you know, yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. This is a, uh, this is rough. Um, Atlanta and Tampa. So Baker did get hurt uh, in this game. I'm assuming that he plays here. Brad, what is your take on this? He's fine. It's his non-throwing hand. He's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. What'd you make it? I had the Bucks laying one and a half. I went. Oh yeah, I went Bucks minus one and a half as well. I went Bucks by two and a half. Uh, because Desmond Ritter is terrible. And it is – where is it here? Uh, I think two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. That's what it is. Two and a half. Yep. Okay. agree with me. Uh, well, that's great. I don't have to bet on this game. Um, Brad, what are you thinking? Under 40. Uh, I think I mentioned in the chat before the show even started. Mm. I, I mean, these are two good defenses, and the Bucks defense has proven to be legit. Got Kalaja Kansi back this this game, and he played well. Was disruptive on the interior uh, against Detroit, which obviously has a very good interior offensive line. The secondary is healthy; they made some plays. And then Atlanta's defense, you know, they're solid. They've they've played well pretty much every game. So, I mean, this is going to be this is a pumpkin patch 
this is like going to you know pick, pick your local pumpkin at the at the fair and bring it home carve it out that's that's what this game is i'm going under 40 in this one yeah like i feel like i want it like this is like the classic wong teaser where low total get through three and seven mm-hmm um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it as a teaser leg. I don't know if I'll find it. If if I can't find another one, I'll tease it with the Giants. But um, I'll put it as a teaser leg for now. Yeah, I think that's a good call out. Um, I will uh, we'll do the same. Um, these teams uh, feel a little bit like the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. Um, they have questions at quarterback. They have talented weapons. They have like players on defense who don't stink. Um, they have coaches that do questionable shit all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, like they're both playing and they were playing the same division. So uh, I feel like it's destined to be a close game that no one wants to watch. Um, all right. Detroit and Baltimore. We finally have a good game. Uh, Detroit, go. Baltimore. Brad, would you make yeah. this? I got the Ravens minus one and a half. I went pick them. The love for the Lions is so strong here. Um, let's see. The uh, the prevailing wisdom of the printing press was minus a half point. I went Baltimore by two. Um, I like the I like the Ravens apparently relative to everyone else. Um, it is uh, two and a half, shaded towards two in a couple spots. Um, both DraftKings and FanDuel have. Minus two and a half at minus one fifteen. Um, Circa has it at uh, two and a half flat. Um, Pinnacle two and a half shaded towards two. So it looks like it's coming towards two. Um, we'll call it uh, call it two and a half since that's what you actually bet. Um, minus two and a half. Uh, Brad, what are you doing with this? Yeah, this is this this is the, what I mentioned. I mean, it'll be a teaser leg. I probably should just take lines outright, but. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, the Ravens have not played a quarterback yet this season, uh, and I think the Lions are for real as can be. I'm fully bought into the Lions. Um, you know, should get a bunch of guys back next week as well. I think Brian Branch returns next week. Uh, we'll see about David Montgomery, but I think we'll get Jameer Gibbs back. Maybe he actually gets touches if Montgomery wow. is, in fact, hurt. Um, Amon Ra looked better today, looked healthy. You got J-Mo making plays, scoring a bomb touchdown, like, I think this team only gets better. I thought Jared Goff missed a couple throws. He could have had a Laporta, um, a couple of drops here and there as well. Like, I think the Lions are the third best team in the conference, and I, I'm I'm fully bought in on on our Detroit Lions. So, yeah, I guess teaser like because it's two and a half, but I might just take them as well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them out. Right, I like the Lions in the spot. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. John Harbaugh, I feel like, has got less aggressive on fourth downs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dan Campbell is, is very aggressive that, you know, so they potentially have the edge there. Um, you know, Amon, like Lions receiving core, I think, honestly, is better than the Ravens, even if it, it might be top heavy with Amon, right? I just think Josh Reynolds, his connection with um, Goff is better. I think the Detroit offensive line is better. I think they have a better pass rush. The only positions I would say the Ravens hold an advantage are safety and linebacker and maybe corner. And then might be a hot take. Might be a hot take. Jared Goff is like might be playing better football than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I don't it, it could be a hot take. It could not like the Lions have um, a better passing EPA. Goff has a higher PFF grade. He's a higher big time throw rate, lower turnover worthy play rate. He's taking sacks 
or he's let he's not letting sacks or pressure turn into sacks at a 12% lower clip than Lamar is. Like there are a lot of things that Jared Goff is doing well. He's operating this offense very efficiently. I don't, and so I don't really think it's a hot take to say he's playing better than Lamar right now. Um, and yeah, this could be a really, like AJ said in the chat, this is like, you know, Lions could be due for a road L, but they are playing, I think, some of the best ball. And then defensively, Lions are top five in rush EPA and rushing success rate. And we know the Ravens want to run the ball. And if you force Lamar into these third and long situations, I don't think the receivers are good enough to, you know, elevate that offense. Um, we saw Rashad Bateman kind of just give up on a curl route that turned into an interception. Like those things you can't do against the Lions at this point. So I like the Lions. I think there's a lot of advantages for them this, this week. What? Last but not least, I mean, Ravens are flying back from London. So, yeah, they're home. But, you know, that's that's a nice little advantage for Detroit as well. I'm tempted, um, actually, to take uh, to take the Lions here. I'm going to definitely tease them. Um, it, it feels kind of soft, to be honest, because you look at it and, like, all the reasons for why you would tease it, you just take them on the money line, to be honest. I think, um, you know, someone in the chat says, what, like, plus 122. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, the Ravens, I watched, you know, that whole game this morning, as I'm sure everyone did. And it's almost like painful to watch their offense. Like they just, they sputter. Sputter is the, the way that I would characterize that that offense. It sputters along. Um, you just never really feel dangerous. I'm always a little worried with Lamar back there in the pocket. I feel like it's, he doesn't appear to be really confident yet. And even when he runs with the ball, I feel like he's a little less confident than he has been in the past and and i think that's showing up he's still making some great throws but it's like there's a lot of things kind of in between and i was gonna bring up the same point you did arjun like jared goff has i think the second highest pff passing grade in the nfl thus far and i'm not particularly concerned about the ravens getting pressure on him just the one place that as judah has out like he's not great in true scrambling i don't think he's gonna have to do it and he hasn't had to do it um thus far so I, i feel good about the uh the teaser um pittsburgh and the rams the steelers coming off of a bye and the rams coming off of playing one half of football which was enough to beat the cardinals Brad? i had the rams minus a field goal same and we'll make it a uh sweep i had them by a field goal as well um let's see here now Pickett was dinged up i assume he's Good and, and back, ready to go. Yeah, he's fine. Um, so you can find this at three and a half in a few spots. Um, the threes are are what FanDuel and DraftKings have them at. They are definitely shaded towards um, towards three and a half. Um, but uh, but we call it three. It'll probably get to three and a half. Um, any ideas here, guys? Yeah, so I was gonna do the full. I was gonna do three and a half, but the buy I think just kind of played into not doing it. My issue with like like Pittsburgh, like you said, their defense is good, but their secondary is terrible. So I think if you get the ball out quickly, like we saw the Rams do against the Niners and a couple other games this season, quick outs to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, et cetera, et cetera, I think are going to mitigate this pass rush to an extreme degree. Like I'm trying to talk myself into the Rams here. I can't get over the hump, but I, I lean their direction pretty strongly because. I just think the one thing the Steelers do phenomenally well, we've seen Sean McVay kind of scheme around a little bit at times already this year. So I was going to make it just before you go, Arch. I was going to make it three and a half as well. And then I remembered this is going to be a home game for the Steelers. True. So I True. took it down a half point. Arch. Yeah, no, you stole my, I was going to talk about it. It's going to be Steelers Nation up in there. 
Uh, but I just I like this is such a classic. I would bet the Rams way better offense. Like Stafford and Cup are, are looking as good as ever. But I can't get over TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith going against Rob Havenstein and uh, Alaric Jackson, I believe. Like I, I've seen, I saw Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard tear this line apart. Um, luckily, you know, Stafford is only pressured six times today, but he let three of them turn into sacks. That's just because the Cardinals don't have any true edge rushers. You get Watt and Highsmith off a of bye. You know, I, I get really worried about it. And I think like Judah's talked about this, like you want to bet the Rams in spots where you know Stafford's going to have protection, but this is one of those spots where I don't think he's going to have protection. And even if, you know, the Rams have a have the advantage on the outside, I don't know if they'll be able to take advantage of those deep crossers that they like to run or those, uh, you know, backside digs because I don't think they're going to have the time with Watt and Highsmith rushing against some, you know, mediocre uh, tackles. All righty. Uh, I agree. Uh, Cardinals and Seahawks, this one in Seattle, Brad. I had Seattle minus seven and a half. Same. Uh, press was at six, a little lower. I went a full seven. Was a little concerned. I think DK came out of the game and with questionable hip came back in. Um, would definitely be a, a loss if he could not go. It looks like it is eight and a half at DraftKings, seven and a half at FanDuel, eight and a half at Circa. Eight and a half at Pinnacle, we'll call it. Uh, I guess we'll call it eight and a half and get a seven and a half. It looks like if you want it out there, um, we'll call it eight and a half. Um, man, I don't even have a a, a side yet. Um, you know, the Cardinals are interesting, and and I'm. It feels like a team that I'll be excited to bet on when Kyler Murray is back. Um, and they played some spirited football, I thought, uh, against the Rams. And really, I feel like should have covered that game, um, but just got run all over. The thing I worry about is I think the Seahawks can do the same thing that the Rams did to them. Um, eight and a half just feels like too many points to me. Um, so I, I will take the uh, I'll take the Cardinals here. I'm teasing Seattle. So I'm, I'm taking Detroit outright, but I'm also teasing them with Seattle here. I agree. It's I'm not, I don't like the full point, uh, full point spread of eight and a half there, but I, exactly what you just said, especially with Geno Smith and a couple of interceptions today, I think we're going to see Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet have like 35 carries. And I think you can do that against the, you know, an Arizona Cardinals team. Yeah, they, they did have a great first half again. They were oh, they up 6-0 early. They avoid negative plays. Josh Dobbs like really doesn't take a whole lot of sacks. I think he took one today, like near the end of the game, had the interception too, which I think was his first of the season. Like they, they've been playing so much above their talent level. This is a divisional game. Seattle coming off a bad loss, but the bye the week before, you know, I don't like the eight and a half, but minus two and a half, you know, give me that all day. Yeah. I'll join you with that on the teaser, Brad. So I'll choose that with Atlanta. Boom. The Seahawks as a large favorite are yeah. very scary. That's yeah. just a, uh, not one that I like. Um, Green Bay and Denver. This one is in Colorado. I did a pick them because I just didn't know what to do. Yes, and honestly, same. <laughs> uh, I, I really wish I had something else to share here. But I waited to pick them as well. <laughs> But it's like, uh, like it's, I think it shows some sort of intellectual that we just all like we all recognize we don't have an edge in any way, shape, or form. 
Yeah, it, it felt like the right thing to do. Um, the uh, press made this a point and a half, uh, point, 1.8 um, in favor of the Packers. Uh, let's see. This looks to be two at DraftKings, one and a half at FanDuel, one and a half at Circa. Pinnacles at one. Um, we'll call it one and a half, I guess. Um, Denver getting a point and a half. You know, it's interesting. Um, I would be very tempted here to tease Denver um, out to seven and a half. I've got to imagine the total on this. I don't know if either of you have it. I'm 45. Go 45? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I will be taking the under 45. Uh, that will be my bet on this game. Even with the Broncos' legendary defense? I, the the – Broncos legendary defense in Kansas City, I thought was uh, I'll call it spirited. Um, yeah, the the Broncos uh, the Broncos offense I, I think is is um, less than ideal here. Uh, yeah, I, I think under forty five. I don't know. Maybe that's just me reacting to what I saw Denver do on on Thursday night. But I think both these teams actually, Arjun, you you have said this about. Both these teams, right? They are big play um, teams that, that don't necessarily have consistency on, on offense and worry um, me a little bit. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I also have Jordan Love on like my do not bet list until I see something. So like, even though like I feel like Green Bay is the better team and, um, you know, coming off of by like, I don't know, like, the Broncos defense isn't that good, but Green Bay's offense is, is like too reliant on explosives. So, yeah, I, th- I do think under could be the play. And, um, you know, I think the only worry would be really just how bad that Broncos defense is. And, you know, that that one Kansas City game could just be a blip in the radar. Yeah, my concern is that Jordan Love, when not pressured, has been fine. Um and I don't know if they're going to get any pressure. They did do better against Patrick Mahomes, no question. I think trading the old dudes and playing the young dudes made a ton of sense. I also think you might get Baron Browning back in this game, who is a good young edge rusher as well. But that's my concern is if we get a healthier Packers offensive line and Jordan Love does have clean pockets, even in bad games. The Detroit game, he was 17-22 for 200 yards and a, um, and a pick. It was a tip pass. But anyway, like he, he still moves the ball in clean pockets. So I'm, a fr- I'm staying away from this game entirely. But – uh, the total, I almost leaned over at first, but not, now you guys have scared me enough to just ignore it altogether. <laughs> I bet um, the Broncos uh, under 17.5 team total on uh, on Thursday night. By the way, it's a story for another pod, but like trying to bet on, on sports in Nevada, in Las Vegas, is the worst experience that I have ever had to endure. It's like absolutely atrocious. And I went up to the counter – um, at the Wynn Sportsbook. And I was like, I'd like to take uh, Travis Kelsey over receptions and, and over receiving yards. Um, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, they're like, yeah, hey, we don't offer those. I was like, what do you mean you don't offer those? Like, you, are you serious? They're like, yeah, we don't offer those. So I'm like, what do you have? And he, you know, hands me the sheet. And there are like legitimately like eight markets on there. And like, I was like, okay, thank you. Um, and so I bet uh, under Broncos team total, and I bet uh, first score not to be a touchdown. And those were the tickets that I walked out of the, the sports book with. It was such a crazy. Disaster. That's good. I mean, like, 
I don't know. I, you'd assume Nevada would be trying to save their market share as much as humanly possible and offer you literally anything you could you could imagine. So that, that's pretty bizarre. So, so brutal. And of course, everyone in the sports book was, you know, over 65. And it was it, like what they're doing there is is, is not good. Um, Chargers and Chiefs. Great game. I'm very interested to see where this line is at. I went, I was all over the place here. Brad, where'd you, where'd you land? I was too. I'm back and forth a bunch. I went chiefs minus six was where I landed. I almost went to six and a half. I almost went down to four and a half, five and a half. I just went flat six. Yeah. I went uh chargers plus five. So I, I rode a roller coaster here. I started at chiefs minus three um, because I have watched many of these games and they have all been 27, 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every single Chargers yeah. game I've watched has been 27, 24, one way or another. Um, and if the Chargers are healthy coming out of that game um, against the Cowboys and, and they beat the Cowboys, um, like I think they can, uh, I think it, it probably should be closer to three. Um, but the Chargers defense is such an atrocity. So I landed at four and a half. I honestly feel like that may be giving the Chiefs like a little too much credit, but I had to go uh, past three. Um, I'm honestly worried that I'm going to end up betting, having to bet the Chiefs here. Uh, let's see. It is six at FanDuel, five and a half at DraftKings, five and a half at Circle. We'll call it five and a half. I think I'm going to bet the Chargers here. Arjun, talk me out of it. Well, I'm not going to talk you out of it because I'm betting the Chargers, but I'm not betting full game. I'm betting their first half. And I'm not just betting first half spread. Like, oh, I'm going to put first half spread. I don't expect you guys to tail. I'm betting first half money line. It's like a weird trend. Like, it's super, like, I don't know how I found it. But, like, in all of Herbert's five starts against Mahomes, he's won the first half. Now, he's ended up losing four of those five games because, you know, it's, it's the Chargers and their defense has been terrible every time they play Mahomes. But they win the first half. Like, they come out strong, whether it's in L.A., whether it's in Kansas City. Um, so I'm going to be betting their first half money line. I don't think they have it up right now, especially since the Chargers haven't played. Um, but right now, I mean, that stamp is showing Sports Illustrated Sportsbook has it at plus three and a half. So I'm going to put that on the sheet. But personally, you know, for people that – Juan is Taylor, whatever. I'm, I'm betting their first half money line, whatever it is, the Chargers. I got, I got no thoughts here. I love the Arjun, the weekly, like, just where he lands with his Chargers is, is maybe my highlight of the podcast, <laughs> where he's, like, fading them against, like, mediocre teams. And it's like, oh, Chiefs, yeah, first half ML, smash it. It's a lock. I know you didn't just say that. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Chargers have a bye. Kansas City off a mini bye. I'm tempted by the over 50 and a half, but I think the Kansas City defense is for real and the Kansas City offense is still kind of concerning. So I'll probably just stay away and enjoy this because it might be it's maybe the only good game in the entire slate. So I think I'm just excited to watch the game. One one thing wait, I think I think you mixed it up, Brad. Chargers will be coming off a of five days rest because they yeah. play tomorrow. And then Chiefs have ten Thank days you. rest. So it actually like kind of doesn't play in my favor, but I don't care. Justin Herbert. He'll, he'll get the job done. They'll be fresh. No, they'll, be, they'll be more football acclimated yeah. at that time. Travis Kelsey's on SNL with Taylor Swift. Like He's not, <laughs> he's not locked in, you know what I'm saying? It, no. You know, honestly, this was part of my thought, and, and I'm worried because now I'm going to jinx him into getting hurt tomorrow. But 
the Chiefs are not – I think the reason these games are always super close is the Chiefs receivers are just not capable of taking advantage of the huge deficiency of the Chargers. And the Chargers have Derwin James, who is like the one player that you would actually want to match up with Travis Kelsey in, in these situations. And, of course, they have Herbert, who you know is, is one of the maybe three quarterbacks that you would actually want if you were, if you were going up against – uh, home so it, i do think it is a really good um it, they just match up well um and uh and so in addition to the snl stuff i think having derwin james is a is a real boon so i don't know i, I like it i feel like this is i don't know we'll see see what happens tomorrow uh brad you were a liar miami and philly that's a good game Oh yeah, great game. I meant for the before the, the you know the, the prime yes. timers. Yeah, of course. What'd you make this? I had uh, Philly minus two and a half. Couldn't go a full field goal. I went uh, Philly only minus one and a half. I went Philly by one and a half as well. You know, it was interesting. I was definitely so. I, I think you know Philly's home field is 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 real. You know, they're going to have a um, you know a very raucous crowd there for Sunday night as they always do. And the thing that I remember from the Bills game, and it stuck with me, I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast, was how Tyreek Hill said that the crowd really impacted their play, that their motions are really timed up with the snap, and that because they couldn't hear anything, it really messed up their timing. Now, on the one hand, you would go, okay, well, that might be an Im- impacting them in Philly. And I think that could be the case. I think the other side of it would be, okay, they've already had that game in Buffalo, they figure out kind of how to adjust to that in Philly. And the thing that worries me, of course, is Philly can't cover anybody. And their pass rush actually hasn't been that great. So, um, you know, it could set up well for, for Tua to play, uh, play a great game here. Um, anyways, the spread is two and a half, pretty much across the board. Um, I, I love the, uh, the Dolphins teaser leg here. You're not concerned by the the high total aspect of it. I mean, I am. I think I should probably just bet, you know, Dolphins money line here. Um, I guess would be a consideration. What's the what's the uh, total at? Total's fifty three, uh, and I'm probably. I think I'm taking the over, and I think I am. I am taking the over. Uh, so that just segues nicely into my thoughts here. Uh, Dolphins, even when you only can, when you control for when the game's a one score game, are still fifth are, I guess, fifth to last in success rate on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at drive success rate, it's still bottom 10 in the NFL. And we've talked about Philly. They, they show up well on metrics, but we have concerns about their defensive unit. Yeah, they'll get some players back, but I think this game is going to be, I mean, like, even if you do get a healthy Darius Slay, that, that's a mismatch against Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell. Uh, I think we're getting points, points, points. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Dolphins straight up in this spot. Uh, partly because, yeah, I don't think Philly's pass defense has been that impressive. Uh, before this week, they had allowed 16 passes of 20-plus yards, which was you know above the league average. I also see Darius Slay, and, and if he comes back, and James Radbury, two 30-plus-year-old corners trying to guard Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. I know Desai plays a lot of zone, so it's not really going to be a man-on-man, but like this Dolphins offense can beat man or zone. Um and if, if either of them are out, I mean, it just increases the advantage that the Dolphins hold. 
Uh, and to your point, Judge, I think the motion thing is really interesting because we saw, like, even in the Giants game, like, Wandale got called for an illegal motion because he was he was he turned upfield as the ball was snapped. And so the thing with motion, right, you have to be running lateral. You can't be running vertical. So if that is messed up by the crowd noise, I think that could be a huge factor. But I just I haven't seen anything be able to stop this Dolphins offense except, you know, the Bills. And the main thing with the Eagles is they have like a solid pass rush. It's not as great as it was last year, but it's pretty solid. But it's kind of neutralized by how quick Tua gets the ball out. Right. And so, you know, you take away that pass rush and you have like kind of like a mediocre secondary, um, you know, that's kind of on, on running the fumes with their fourth corner playing today and their fifth safety. It's just, it, you know, it comes down to how good is the Eagle secondary versus the Dolphins pass catchers. And I'm not so much worried about the you know offensive line versus defensive line. And I just think, you know, Miami holds the advantage there. Yeah. I, I am. uh I don't know. It's it, it's interesting. The um, the Eagles' offense just does not look right to me. It uh, hasn't looked right all all year. Um, is Xavier Howard? Did he get hurt today? I didn't notice. Do you know, Arjun? No, I don't. I don't think so. I saw something like that, but, but I took not. my over out because I forgot about Lane Johnson, which I shouldn't dictate a bet on one player. But I'll, I'll wait on injuries a little bit. I don't think it's going to go up much more from fifty three, but I don't want to bet it right now. Fair. Uh, by the way, the uh, printing press was at one and a half as well. All right, last game, Monday Night Football. San Francisco in Minnesota to play Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Brad, would you make this? I had the Vikings plus a full touchdown. This might be a little bullish, but. Uh, I actually I actually had the same, based kind of based on the injuries from the game, but, um, yeah, seven. One, six and a half. Um. Let's see here. It is seven. Um, I see seven at DraftKings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, without without Jefferson, I think this is hard. Um, I almost kind of wish I made it seven, because uh, like, I don't know. The, Hawkinson is going to get locked up here by the Niners. Great. Yep. Tight end coverage. Um, I'm not super stoked on like Jordan Addison having to beat that. Um, and I think, I think Bosa will get his here. So yeah, this one's a little tough for me. I'm staying away. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings had 220 yards of offense against the bears today, um, without Justin Jefferson at 5.8 yards per attempt. They couldn't run the ball pretty much at all either like 60 yards on the ground. I mean, the bears defense has been, you know, outside of the Broncos right in that conversation. So that was a, scary and the weather was fine it was a little windy i want to say maybe i shouldn't say fine it was windy but there was deep passing uh to a degree i lean niners i, I guess I, I should wait on debo and trent whatever but yeah this minnesota team without without justin jefferson this minnesota team is bad 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 yeah i will say as aj pointed out i think uh, i don't really bet look ahead but someone in the discord pointed it out i think a couple days ago friday or saturday but um uh, I think a couple of people in the Discord have a Niners uh, minus one and a half, Bills minus two and a half teaser that I was a part of. So I have I already have that kind of like locked in um, that I bet on Saturday. And I think, you know, now at seven, Niners aren't really teasable. And at, at nine, Bills aren't really teasable. So I guess we kind of lost value on the Niners since the line moved against us. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that really 
does that does that apply here since uh, seven isn't a long number? So seven, if you're crossing seven, it you know it does. I think technically, if you're not crossing it, um, I don't think it qualifies. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like that. I, I think this is a really good matchup for San Francisco. They've got the, I believe they're doing the Greenbrier thing again, which after that loss, I mean, I like this spot for San Francisco, right? You're coming off of a really crappy weather game. You're going into a dome. Um, you're playing a much, much worse defense. There's no doubt about it. Um, and a team that honestly is like, gosh, I mean, what, what do the Vikings have left? Uh, no, they're hapless. They're hapless. And also, just, I saw the comment, Purdy averages 6.8 yards per attempt and has eight touchdowns to one pick against the Blitz. It's a small sample size, but he's been fine against the Blitz when he's seen it. Yeah. So, I, I do like that. I do like the teaser. You want to put it on there? Get on board with it. They were um, they both eight and a half. You were saying, Arjun, before the week? No, Bills were eight and a half. Niners were seven and a half. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Um, all right, that takes care of week number seven. If you are listening and you are not yet a member of the aforementioned Discord, make sure you get in there. That way, you can participate uh, in guessing the lines. Um, we'll get those emails out. Earlier this week, God willing, since I am uh, not traveling, um, I'll get those out there tomorrow uh, and you'll get your scorecard and see how you did. Uh, also in the Discord, we obviously, as Arjun mentioned, talk about a bunch of bets that we don't talk about on podcasts. So this is a good thing to uh, to join. Um, and yes, Vikings team total <laughs> under whatever it is. Yes, um, agreed. <laughs> that, that I think is a solid comment to leave uh, the podcast on. We love you all. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Thank you.